Hello and welcome to the King Hero IndyCar Podcast with Kirby and Justin. Kirby, how are you? Doing all right, Justin. How about yourself? I was a little distracted by your flipping through the pages there, but uh, I managed to survive it. We've had disaster, calamity, Kirby. You uh, had a groundhog eat through your uh, internet cables, and I've had a flood in my uh, studio. So between those two things, difficult. Curb, usually at this point in the show, I would uh, start on some random, relatively insignificant topic. Having nothing to do with IndyCar. Having, usually having nothing to do with IndyCar. And I was all ready and set to do that earlier in the week. To, as now that uh, between your internet issues and my issues, uh, you know, we're later in the piece, I feel like maybe we should just get straight to it, get stuck into the meat of things, and then maybe get into the more superfluous matters later. You okay. lead the way. In no particular order. I mean, I, we got to talk about Nashville. I, I and I hesitate because everybody's talked about Nashville at this point, right? And everybody's put their right. you know, two cents worth in. But in all that, I'm not hearing a lot of what I'm thinking. Uh, I don't know about you, um, but I mean, there's several issues that came out of that race, and uh, and and this time I'm not going to start in any particular order. Uh, but I did promise uh, Callum Eilat I would talk about qualifying. In particular, the uh, qualifying, the first qualifying session, which if you recall, Curb and anybody who was watching it would recall, is like some of the guys barely didn't even get a lap in. And thus you ended up with a like Dalton Kellett making the fast 12 because a red flag was flown uh, due to uh, Colton's wreck. And then, like some guys, really, some guys didn't even have time to get a, a hot lap in, and thus were relegated to the back of the qualifying order. Is that fair to fair? Uh, well, there were there, there were two red flags, um, one early and then one at the end with Colton, um, which screwed all the other guys that were on their their hot laps late in the uh, session, like they always wait to do. Yes, but a lot of guys didn't even get in banker laps because a they didn't get out on track promptly and be um, were sitting and waiting. And I forget who it was, but somebody caused red flag a couple minutes into the session. So one side of the argument is, and Curb, I'm interested to see what yours is. One side of the argument is those guys were just sitting back being smug, you know, waiting for the track to get better and, and taking their time. And that's the price they pay for not getting out early. They should have known better. It was Nashville, AKA Crashville. And this was bound to happen. They should have gone out there and get in the lap. That's one side of the argument. Is that the side right. you're on, Curb? Yes, definitely. Oh, that, somehow I know. Then there's the <laughs> other. Then there's then there's the other side of the argument, which is, well, that's ridiculous because you know the good guys wait. They always wait a little bit longer. And now what you have is a situation where, and I'm going to get into this in more detail later, where Dalton Kellett makes his first fat fast twelve, which under any normal circumstances wouldn't have happened. Now, uh, my solution's a simple one, Curb, and I'm sure you'll shoot holes through it. But to me, it should be really simple. You should get, there should be a, manda- a mandatory minimum of five minutes of green flag running time in a qualifying session. So if there's red flags or whatever, and they haven't gotten to that minimum of five minutes, 
then they should say, okay, well, we're going to go into extended time here, and we're going to grant a minimum of five minutes. So that way, everybody can have at least one or two laps run in earnest. What's your problem with that? Well, I'll just go back to that session, and I would be surprised if there weren't five minutes of green flag time. Colton's issue that caused red flag came right at the end with, you know, less than a minute to go in the session. So the problem still is that they all wait till the end, and... They're all on their flying laps, and one of them hits the wall, and none of them, the rest of them don't get to finish their flying lap. And so your solution wouldn't prevent that, I don't think. Unless there hadn't been five minutes of running time before then. Okay. Well, again, I'm, I suspect there was, and even if there was, they'd all would sit there and not go out till there was three minutes left, take one warm-up lap and then one flying lap, and maybe get across the the uh, alternate finish line there with a couple seconds left in the session so they could take one extra flying lap. They they wait and they wait and they try to take a 10-minute session and turn it into an 11- or 12-minute session. Let all the uh, non-smug types like Dalton Kelly go out and put the rubber down, and then they try to take advantage of it. I don't have any sympathy, I guess, for the guys that don't take advantage of the green flag time that's available to them. Curb, you're nothing if not consistent. You hate smugness. You, you you consider this to be a, a form of smugness, and I'm going to get to more some more smugness later. But right. at the end of the day, uh, you hate it, and and that's and that's what bothers you about it is the smugness of waiting. I what bothers me about it, <laughs> you get this bizarre situation where like Dalton Kellett's getting out of his car, and it looks like he's won the Indy 500 on the amount of back slaps and hugs he's getting. Okay, so what in, in- Three years on the on the circuit, he he makes a fast twelve through uh, you know cir- uh, mixed up set of circumstances and and gets to enjoy five minutes in the sun. It quickly it quickly was uh, uh, wiped away after the re- after the start of the race on Sunday when he went straight backwards like a lead balloon the first first yes. three laps. But you know so what? Do you want the same guys every week lined up in the same positions? I don't want to put Dalton Kellett artificially up to the front of the the field under any circumstance the flip side is is that guys like rossi and dixon and i forget who else start back in the pack on a track that's when it's green is fairly racy and um and the fans get to see a little bit more of a show than if they were all up front i mean well go watch a sprint car race then and then you know where they start the the fast guys in the back exactly i'm all for it no i'm not I mean, there's going to be plenty of circumstances where, you know, something's going to happen and there's always going to have to be a guy crawling through the field without, you know, basically denying anybody a, a, a session. So, Curb. Well, let me let me throw this out there because I've said this before. I do think they should go to three. Three groups in the first round of qualifying, right. which well, might alleviate some of those problems. Look, on this, we agree on that. We agree. Whatever the time, I, I said five minutes somewhat arbitrarily, if it's six minutes or eight minutes, I don't know what the time is, but just to make sure that somebody's getting a, a, a couple of laps in anger on the right tires uh, so that the right people end up up front, I am all for I, the kind of thing that happened uh, uh, on the qualifying on, on Saturday a week ago was somewhat uh, of a joke to me. It didn't bother, that, that didn't bother me too much. I know it doesn't. So anyways, we, you know, uh, we agree to disagree on that curb after the race. I saw as many others did, uh, 
old chipster come over and give old uh, Mr. Pillow a pat on the back for, you know, race well done, you know, right. and then went back to loving on uh, Mr. Dixon. Um, just I want you to step outside of the emotion of this situation for a second. Just objectively put on your objective hat for a second there, Curb. OK. Mm-hmm. Is the greater good solution here? For Pelot to go to Chips and say, you know what, I, I screwed up, man. I, I, yep, we, we screwed up. You had me, and then it should have. And then Chip say, you know what, I was really angry, and you know, I, I was very unhappy with you, and and there was no way I was going to do it. But you know what, we've got a really good team, and you're a really good driver, and you, the best chance for you and for us next year is for you to be in our car. Uh, let's just patch it up and and do it i mean that would make too much sense for it to happen okay so you agree with me that objectively that's what should happen it won't but it's what should happen yeah i mean they've had so much success so far whatever formula one seat he thinks sitting there waiting for him is already gone (laughs) Uh, did you uh did you see uh awards comments about that no i have not oh you love it so you, you, Kerb, something you pointed out uh, at least a couple of podcasts ago, and and you know I, I agreed is like, you know Zach Brown's waving that Formula One seat around just to attract everybody, and uh, awards comments were just class. I mean I couldn't believe he actually said it. Uh, basically, it's like you know he goes I laughed at Zach Brown and how how many people he's promising the F1 to. He's like you know that's what he does. He's so he's talking about the Biastri thing, and he said that. Um, he was laughing when he was watching it, just realizing that, you know, how Zach's using that seat as a as a way of attracting people in. If they thought they had a chance at that seat, I think they were naive to begin with. If they just thought it was neat to get a, a test in a Formula One car, you know, good for them. But, you know, the bottom line is you got to tough it out for one more year in one of the top drives in America. It doesn't seem that awful of a situation. <laughs> You know, when I saw Chip do that, I was like, well, maybe there's some hope like the most sane thing will happen, but probably not. Well, you know, two things. One, when you watch that, there was some uh, dark haired lady there kind of in between them. It seemed like she was trying to keep Chip away from him because she was afraid he was going <laughs> to say something mean to Alex or something like that. <laughs> but then, uh, you know, second, they they had a mediation session, I think, on Wednesday this past week. And like maybe there's something to work on. Yeah, maybe. Uh, anyways, I'm not sure how many more people are going to be falling for Zach Brown's. You know, I got an F1 seat here for you. Well, he's still got two, uh, two Formula E seats to fill, right? And, <laughs> and, an, and an IndyCar seat to fill. So, did you see uh, it? Did you see that wreck in Formula E today? I did not. No. Oh, uh, it's. Uh, I'm looking at the picture now. One, two, three, four, five, six cars. Six cars missing the corner. In other words, uh, you know, going too fast and going right into the wall. One right after the other. Um, there was a wreck like that a few weeks ago. Um, was there rain or anything, or just? Uh, I think the track was slick. It looks like it was a bit damp, but the uh, halo saved another life. Oh well, that's good. Yeah. So we have that going for right us, here. which is nice. Hopefully the uh, the aero screen doesn't uh, boil somebody alive in a race before too long. Oh, it's funny you mentioned that. So one of the things I, I kind of took notice of uh, while watching the, the various lead up and race of Nashville, there's all this talk about cool shirts, right? Who's going to wear them? Who wasn't? Uh, what's the problem with them? Because sometimes they fail. And if they fail, it's worse than, you know, 
than you know just having the regular shirt right 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 all all that all, a lot of talk you know a lot of talk and then and then of course the storm happens and like it's cool it's cooled down and it doesn't you know it doesn't matter uh, you know but that's not the point in all of that talk and and I watched and I think I told you this I probably watched more of the lead up to that race and, and including the race than I've watched of any race all year do you think there was one mention of the root cause of why it's so damn hot in the car in the first place of course not not one. Not one. The, the equipment that shall not be named. <laughs> the equipment that shall not be named unless it's saving a life. And they just ignored that. I mean, Townsend Bell talked, you know, a billion times about, well, you know, if it, if it doesn't work, you know, him and Hitchcock were debating it. You know, like, Hitchcock, so I want the cool shirt. And, and Townsend's like, I don't because if it fails, blah, blah, blah. But they, they're both sitting there dancing around the whole issue, which is they got a freaking sauna going on in there. Right. Right. You know, again, uh, we say this every time, Kirk, you and I are not against the aeroscreen, but stop pretending that there aren't problems with it. Exactly. If you're not going to update the car for another four years, then, you know, I mean, I would assume when they update the car, there'll be an opportunity to to redesign it and build some venting in or something. I don't know why there's not a way to build some sort of ventilation into into the system. But but more 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 to your point is. Yeah, it's it's uh, sanctified and you shall not be not be saying, speaking ill of it. Also embedded in my point is get it, get it, start working on the new car. Right. We're already hearing like, yeah, we can't pass. And and the reason for, you know, how the wrecks at, at Crashville was that because, you know, people are getting more desperate because th- these cars are so hard to pass with. And, and they're so sturdy. Yeah, and that's right. That's that's the other one that's come up. All this is kind of screaming towards, hey, you know what they really need is a new car, new chassis, but they're not going to do right. it. Right. They're not going to do it. Curb. Let's talk. Let's 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 polish off this Nashville subject with a couple of things. One is, did you think it was a good race? No. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna press you further. Then why? There were just too many wrecks, and I don't. I'm not a. I don't want to be a purist about it. I think it's this is, if there's a, ra- a race or two on the schedule out of 17 races or more that you know, just doesn't go to plan like all the others, right? If there's one that has more mayhem than others and randomness to it, you know that's fine and it spices up the show a little bit. And I'm but this was just one or two yellow flags too many. In particular, the stuff that would happen down there in the uh, the downtown side of the bridge, it, it just is. That that part of the track needs to be fixed. That's my only real beef with the track at this point. A lot of cars got damaged for no good reason. So yeah, other than that, yeah, that's my only real beef with the track. Mm. I I didn't feel that way. I thought the race was fine. I didn't. I wouldn't say it was the best race of the year or anything like that. But I thought it was fine. I thought the amount of wrecks were fine. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it did make for an interesting race. I think it's fine to have a, a course that lends itself to people wrecking okay so i i didn't feel that the same way as you did i believe the 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 root cause of the the crashes at nashville is not the track per se i mean it's a street course so you're obviously going to get more of that going on in a street course by by its very nature but uh, to me it's it's more about not penalizing people i don't see what's wrong with everybody's like talking about well you have to be consistent you know because that move one fly one one weekend and it flies another, so they got to be consistent. I don't think they have to be consistent. I think there's nothing wrong with meeting the drivers ahead of time and saying, you know what, this is a 
a course that invites mayhem. We are going to penalize the crap out of you on this course if you make those dimes. You got to be damn sure you're going to make the pass, all right, and leave room for the other guy, okay? Because if you don't, you're going to get penalized. For Nashville, we're going to have a harder, we're going to have a higher degree here of of enforcement on that than any other track we go to. And what's wrong with meeting the drivers and saying that just to cut some of that, you know, cut some of that crap out? Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't have a problem with what you're saying. What you're talking about here is a new garden crash because, you know, most of the other ones. Uh, well, and Kirkwood. He didn't. He didn't continue on. He he was out uh, of the race. <laughs> that's a whole nother topic. But no, yeah, that's what I enjoy talking about. But my point is, is that it isn't one of those deals where he put. He didn't put Malukas in the wall and then keep on going. The only one where that really happened that I can recall is Newgarden putting Grosjean into the wall and continuing on and and, um, and having a good points day. You're having problems. You could just say, hey, look, there's been too much lately going on. I don't care what track you're going to. We're going to officiate this a little tighter this weekend, so be warned. Why does it have to be like the same at every race you know, throughout the year? I mean, why can't the circumstances be different as you go in? Now, the flip side is is – as fans, we don't want to see a. It's not so entertaining if they're too polite, right? I mean, if nobody's if nobody's pushing the the envelope, if nobody's you know trying to make a, a hard pass, then it might not be that the most entertaining. Well, race I, either, admittedly, so. you can you can take it too far. Where I'm going with all this is, um, you know, they. Uh, it's driving me crazy. It's nothing new. I happen to to listen to they's podcast. It was, it was like his uh, articles this week on steroids. And I read Vay's article, right? You know, which is basically telling IndyCar, well, we probably shouldn't go back there. Dripping, dripping with contempt. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Or, so, or, uh, superior, you know. or superiority. Oh my Con- God. Condescension. Yeah. Oh, it was. It was. It was so up over the top, and basically like, you know, I don't think we should go back there. Thank you, Vay. Just, just, just find one uh, car owner that complained about how much money he. Right. Lost that day, right. and because and they ex- lost it, because the expand car that across the whole. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, just. It, never mind. You have a popular event that uh, is, you know, probably went over pretty well on TV with most of uh, the, you know, the fans and. And just to, while we're piling on here, you know what they wants to do? They want to get rid of the bridge, the most iconic part of the course. You know, the thing that makes it interesting. He wants to get rid of that because that causes too many problems. And where the hell else are you going to run the track? I, I just think that shows just, I don't know what to call it, abject stupidity, right? I mean, uh, just a, a clear un, not understanding how the world works. That bridge is like the one cool thing about that track. And and it's like, but his solution is just go away because that's terrible, or at least make the bridge go away. And then, then you end up with what I'm guessing Detroit's going to end up looking like uh, next year. They'd looked into racing there before, and, and a previous – uh, you know, city administrations had had said no, you can't use the bridge, and they said, well, we can't make a track here. Then there's just not, there's no way to do it that that would make sense and be a, an entertaining track. And then a new mayor came in and said, yeah, we can do that. There's not enough streets that they could block off. They'd be allowed to block off to make a good race course there. It doesn't matter. It's a it, that was taking the iconic part of that track and making it go away is is, is really stupid. And you know, the fact that they is so concerned about, you know, the car owners, uh, you know, repair costs. Holy Moses. I mean, stay in your lane. I've said before, I'd love to go back to Pocono and uh, and they will write that nobody wants to go back to Pocono because of, you know, the 
bad times there. I'm pretty sure it's just him that doesn't yeah. work. <laughs> exactly. Nobody <laughs> being him. They also uh, put forward today that uh, he he that they didn't like reporting on the salacious part of uh, IndyCar racing. That that wasn't to they's taste. They preferred, and I'm going to quote here, to he that they wanted to worship drivers for their skills, and that's what they wanted to write about. Let me know when when Racer hires that other IndyCar reporter they were talking about last year, <laughs> so we can we can uh, read their columns too. Yeah, or, or not or too. Instead of <laughs> instead of, instead of. <laughs> God love they. So, I mean, at some, least some somebody has to. Somebody's doing it right. So let's not let's not go too far uh, yeah, I, I told you before the only thing i can't say bad about them is that uh they crank out a lot of content yeah not all not all of it very deep but still content yeah um, so so, so I, well, I got a kick i got a kick out of the uh the race recap last monday or sunday night whenever it was put online and this paragraph about alex below coming home third after needlessly damaging his wing uh, trying to pass willpower. I just found that an odd thing to say. How many of the other people needed to have their damage on their cars? So in, in your in your uh, officiating regime that you're suggesting, would Mr. Newgarden have been penalized? Absolutely. I mean, I thought that was ridiculous. Um, and Kirk, for Kirkwood not to be penalized for his ridiculous dive bomb was even worse. What, what really got me was, did you see when he got out of his car and he looked over at Malukas and kind of, yeah. Waved his hands in the air yeah. like, what the heck? And it was like, it, it, I mean, that's twice. That's like Toronto. He's like blamed it on Jimmy Johnston. I mean, that's two in a row where he wasn't even halfway up. I uh, know. On the car he's trying to pass. And, Curb, we've seen a lot of, of uh, supposed contracts go by the wayside this year. Uh, can the Andretti, can the Andretti uh, Kirkwood contract be far behind? What contract? There was no contract. Well, you know, I, you know, I was I was going to bring it up in the sense that uh, you know before the season. I suggested that uh, he had nothing to lose by racing with Foyt. He could get a good year's experience, and nobody would would blame him for poor performance in a Foyt car. But I'm starting to have doubts about that. What do you think? I have, he's 24th out of 25 full-time time. I mean, this is ridiculous. How much money is he costing Foyt with car damage? Well, needlessly? one, he's going to cost him a million bucks because he can't get in the, the leader circle money. Right. Okay. Plus, he's, you know, God only knows, untold, uh, we're probably well over a million uh, plus uh, on car damage, right? Yeah. I can't believe Foyt's putting up. I mean, I, I got to tell you, I mean, you know, we saw Foyt uh, sit down. Uh, who who did he sit down and put Bourdais in? Was it Kellett? Was it Kellett? Might have been. Might have been, yeah. We've seen him do that before just to get the money, and I, I, I got to tell you, I'd be in AJ's ear saying, yeah, you might want to do that again. Because this guy, forget yeah. about him. It might be too far gone. Might be. Yeah, it's probably too late. But, man, you're right. I mean, he's he's taken almost a no-lose scenario and somehow has turned it into a losing scenario. I mean, nobody's going to be rating that guy very high. Uh, I mean, he's he's done damage to his reputation this year, for sure. Um, I, 14 races. He's been running at the finish for seven. And seven, he went out for contact. Curb, I got two minutes left, so I, I'd like to throw a couple quick ones at you, if you don't mind. Go ahead. Smugness. Could, was hate there it. anything? I hate it. You hate it. And did you notice the 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 absolute 
horrendous case of it towards the end of the Nashville race. From one of your people who thinks that that you think commits this more than almost anybody else. It had to be Mike Hole then. I yeah. can't remember what it was. There's like two or th- I, I can't. There was not much. When they, when, when, they inter- when, they inter- when they interviewed him there with a few laps to go. Yes, exactly. Like, yeah. This is what Scott does, or something. This like is that. what Scott. This is what Scott does. He's <laughs> fine. Yeah, it was a horrible interview. Did you I ever think. think you? Did you ever think you'd be in this position by at the end of this race? You know, given where you started. Well, you know, we do what we do, and Scott does what he does. They got the luckiest pit stop. Uh, you know, yellow flag call. Of course, as you can get. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and of course, that's what he. Do- it is what he does. Dixon does. So yeah. I guess I guess there's some yeah. truth in that statement. But I, I did I did find myself saying Kerb's right. He is a smug mf'er. <laughs> yeah. Very smug. Kerb. Um, did you see Kerb, that article I sent you about Toto Wolf having too much power? Yeah, and I did see how uh, Mario Andretti said uh, somebody it was about time somebody wrote that article. Right. Kerb. <laughs> yeah. Last thing is the LMDH Cadillac one of the best looking race cars ever built? Uh, I don't know about that, but it is a sharp car. Good looking uh, car, right? Really good looking car. I'm hoping hoping for big things out of uh, that car and Sebastian next year. Yeah, who said there's no chance of him being back in IndyCar, by the way. Did he really? Yes, he did. Well, that's unfortunate, but understandable. Well, I don't know if that's because he's so tied in with Cadillac or maybe he just doesn't want to go back. Who knows? I don't know, but at his age, if... If he's in tight with Cadillac, I think I would right. uh, p- protect that for all I could. I agree with you. Curb, last thing. Okay, here we go. Carl Haas auction. Have, if you, you want, if you want to know how to design a good-looking car, go look at that uh, list of cars that's up for auction. Except, um, and well, he's got a few dogs in there too. Well, from the, R, from the IRL period. Yeah, and yeah, obviously, obviously, obviously free IRL vintage cars, but uh, any any car from the '90s. Just pick one and style your car after that, and you'll have a winner. That's uh, I think that's as good as comment as any about that. All right, Kerb, got to go. Twitter. At Hero, H-I-R-O, IndyCar. At Hero, IndyCar. Good night, right. everybody. Have a good weekend or a good week. We'll talk to you after uh, Worldwide Technology Race Week.